We talk a lot on this podcast about independent artists developing their careers and turning music into a full-time gig instead of just a hobby. One aspect that we don't discuss enough is the financial side of things. I'm not an expert in that department, but here's a guy who is. Trevor Fisher of Way to Wealth Management is a local certified financial planner who can help you start planning your financial independence. Although Trevor was recommended to me by some local musicians and past guests on the show, he can also help young people plan for their financial future, help those close to retirement map out their next steps, get young families on the road to success, and more. Call Trevor at 204-471-3011 or email him at trevor at way2wealth.ca to get your finances on the right track today. All mutual funds provided through Fundex Investments Incorporated. This episode is my conversation with the mysterious artist behind the famous Sandhogs. It's conducted over the phone to retain the mystery around the artist and who he actually is. He played a show for the first time just a few weeks ago, but even then he was masked, and despite talking to him for almost an hour, I'm not any clearer on his identity. The Sandhogs have been releasing music over the past few years, and it's quite a prolific catalogue. And it's not just a series of releases. There's a level of detail and intricacy and research that goes into these projects that is above and beyond what most bands do. Um, There's a lot of historical background, there's a lot of depth of information about the subjects he's singing about, and in one case, which we get into in detail on the podcast, there's actually a full-fledged choose-your-own-adventure style board game, which I had the pleasure to play uh, a few months back when he mysteriously left it on my doorstep. So it's easy to think of the Sandhogs as just a local artist, but it's more than just music. There's a lot more involved here, and it was really cool to talk to him, and despite not knowing who he actually is, to get a bit of extra information about what he's doing and why. And you'll hear a few songs from the various Sandhogs projects, but I think in order to fully appreciate what he's doing, if this is your first time hearing him, you should really seek out that game I was talking about. and. You can get all the information about the game online. He does make custom copies, you know, in a box with the dice and everything else um, now and then, but you can definitely get all of the information you need from the download, and you can download all the cards, you can print them out, you can print out the instructions, everything you need, and it's really, really cool. I've often thought it would be fun to record a Choose Your Own Adventure style album, but I was never really sure how to pull it off, and uh, he's done this in a really creative way. And with a lot of historical information about Manitoba history on a topic that I never would have thought of to even look into, let alone delve into with this kind of detail. It's a fun conversation. Uh, I, I love the fact that I don't know who this is. And despite being kind of immersed in the Sandhogs world for the past few years through his various projects, I'm still no closer to figuring out his identity. And I don't think I really want to. So enjoy the show. It's a fun one. And if you know who this is, you're ahead of me in the search for clues about the Sandhogs. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of the first podcast network. Yes. 
right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm on the phone again on this episode, and I'm speaking to someone whose identity is kind of a mystery, uh, even to me, even though I'm talking to you today, I'm still not entirely sure who you are, and I think that you kind of want to keep it that way, Um, unless I'm mistaken, but I'm talking to the uh, mysterious creator behind the famous Sandhogs project. So is that... Yeah, you are, yeah. How do do you want me to refer to you? I mean, I I know this famous Sandhogs... Mr. Sandhogs. Mr. Sandhogs, sure, that sounds good. (laughs) But you, but you can call me famous, yeah. Okay, famous. I like that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Famous. So, um, so just for some context, I, I don't know if all the listeners are, are are that familiar with what you do, and based on the kind of quantity of stuff you have out there, I'm not even sure if I'm entirely familiar with all of it. But uh, just you know, from my perspective, uh, you are someone who has been making a lot of really interesting. Um, I was going to call it experimental music, but I don't know if it actually is. But music with really kind of a deep mythology and story behind it. And you've released a lot of content out there that is all sort of tied in. Um, a lot of it's tied in, in one way or another. And then you also have made a really ambitious choose your own adventure board game sort of project. So yeah. there's a lot to yeah. delve into there, but maybe if you want to just, you know, in your own words, describe what the famous Sandhogs is and what you're trying to do with the project. It's, it, it's mostly a way to tell stories. Okay. So I, I like um, I like writing stories, uh, and I, I, I use that as the basis for for what the songs are about. Sure. So I don't I don't really sing about myself. <laughs> I sing about uh, I, I sing about other people, and I make I make uh, stories up, um, and I, I gather uh, disparate types of information, and I mash it together in a weird weird mix and then i record the songs in my basement <laughs> okay. but that sounds almost like a simplified version of what it is you do because i mean a lot of people will write songs and record them telling other people's stories but you have a whole mythology behind what you do that's it's really detailed and like you know there's a level of of work to it that i think is maybe exceeds what most people will put into a project like this is that oh no fair it, to say? it's definitely yeah yeah it's definitely a lot of work um, but uh, each one actually gets easier. Okay, that's that's what I found. Like I started um, the, the the songs that I was writing kind of expanded into um, into whole album stories, and uh, and so I, I I wrote one called um, Run G and the Marquee of Melons, and that was the first uh, uh, full album length story that I wrote, and I really liked that that method. Yeah, I think you can get into a lot more um, uh, uh, nuance in uh, in things like uh, or morality or or death or whatever whatever these huge subjects are. That you know, in a in a single song, you you can barely glance, uh, uh, um, you can barely get the surface of it. Sure. In a, if you <laughs> if you create a whole album above out those characters. Um, they become much more complicated, and they become, I think, much more interesting as a result. Okay. And, I mean, you you know, a lot of your projects come with fairly detailed uh, supplemental material, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the actual story written out oh. in multi-page form. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the starting point? Like, do you write the story first and then sort of find a way to convert that into a musical form? Or, or is it all sort of happening I, at once? Uh, no, I, I, I have a process. <laughs> so I write I write out the story first, 
Um, so I, I, I collect you know, the longest part is, is the data gathering stage I find. Okay. So, um, um, like, uh, reading all about Norman Criddle or, uh, or about the Ukrainian history in 1648. Right. Um, it, it, that takes a lot of a lot of time. Yeah, believe it for sure. Yeah, the, uh, this the story the story writing is is the fun part. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the the recording and the music is is fun as well, but it's a different kind of fun. It's not as uh, uh, it's I guess it's not as demanding. Right. Uh, uh, making making the music it's it's fun. That's where I get to actually play. How, how do you distill that lengthy story, though, in, into, you know, a four-minute song, and then you have to kind of fit the whole storyline across the course of an album, right? I mean, there's a lot of detail yeah. in the written part that, that obviously you can't necessarily just yeah, put through. Yeah, the... yeah. Well, and, and that's what I found. Um, I, I didn't do that with um, Bo Honky Tonk, my, my Ukrainian uh, uh Opera is how right. Describe. Right. Uh, those are those are long songs. It's like six, seven minutes of me, uh, uh, I guess, singing um, constantly, constant verses. And and I I thought that was interesting at the time. Just like an unrelenting story that progresses more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. And you sort of go down this, this rabbit hole of, of, of narration. And and that's hard to do uh, uh, consistently. I, I believe it, for sure. So, yeah. so, so then I found myself uh, sort of hacking away at the, pit, at the bits of, of the story that, that, don't, that don't add anything okay. um, to, the, to the narration. And, and so you, you, that's the, the distilling part that I do now. And I think I got fairly good at that. It, well, it sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like you sounds like you have it kind of uh, down to a science at this point. Um, is is there a challenge to you know? Because first of all, you're taking from a larger story and, and distilling that down into you know snack sized uh, pieces. Is there a challenge to make each one of those work as a standalone piece of music as well? Because that was the thing that really sort of struck me um, is that the song the songs work as songs, whether you have the full picture or not like how do you make that happen without having the context if someone's just hearing a four minute chunk of a you know 20 track story how do you make that one chunk palatable without having interesting or or at least have some form of context yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah or that it can stand alone Um, even though it's obviously part of a larger piece right um having Having really good imagery, or the way that you describe things, I think okay. is, is is one is one way to do it. So to describe um, one of the monsters in uh, Paris Green, yeah. Umbaba, as this sort of bizarre mash of different different body parts of animals that has a like a mane of intest, a lion's mane of intestines yeah. that's sort of oozing excrement out as it runs at you. And I think that paints a really good picture, and so that that's really all you need. Sure. Do you and think of them as? Your... Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, no, I, I was done. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think of them as um as maybe like scenes, individual scenes from an overall story, like or because a lot of them, I mean, especially on. Um, you know what you're just talking about with that the, the monsters and stuff. Those are 
really kind of integrated into the overall story. Yeah, yeah. So is that just uh, sort of a snippet of the story that, that kind of works? I mean, if, if you imagine it as a movie, would you think each of the songs would kind of work as an individual scene outside of the yeah, context, yeah. if that makes sense? I, I, think, I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, fine, yeah, uh, I guess the same way that you you splice your the music into these conversations. You find those natural breaks in the story sure. that uh, um, um, contain um, those, those snippets, yeah. Okay. And then when you actually sit down to record these, are you playing all of the music on it, or do you collaborate with anyone else? Oh, no, it's, it's all me. <laughs> it's all, for better or for worse, yeah, it's, yeah. All just one, it's all just one person. So how long does the typical, I mean, how long does a typical album for you take to make from start to finish, from writing the story to figuring out how to break it up into into scenes to, to recording it? Like It's got to be a pretty lengthy process, right? It's at, at one point I was I was able to do one every I was 
able to do one about every four months. Okay, that's so not, three, that's not three bad. Three albums yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's manageable. So while I record the music for one, I, I I'm able to write the the story for the other. So they it, it works well. Yeah, that I think makes it's sense. a different part different part of the brain that's that's operating where I can't. I don't think I could do multiple projects at once. Okay. I think that's hard to do for anyone, but I mean, with the level of yeah. <laughs> complexity of what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So was the, um, was the anonymity of it, was that always kind of built into the project or did you just sort of put it out there and then decide to sort of keep your, your, your own, I guess, real life self separate from. That was, well, that was a coincidence at first, but okay. then I kind of liked it and, and so kept going, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy not having people know who I am. Actually, I think that's better for me. So that, I can keep my job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, have you had people, I mean, are people trying to figure out who you are? Has that been a, an issue at all? Or are people just sort of content to accept it at face value that you're this anonymous person who is doing this project? Oh, I hope people don't try to figure out who I am. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would ruin it. Yeah, right, right. They'll kill the mystery, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you. But I mean, some people do. Like I, I, I did perform live once. I, I was just gonna get to that. Yeah, that was ago. pretty recently, yeah. right? So how does that work? Are you like masked or something? I, I didn't see the show, but uh, do you maintain I, the anonymity on stage as well? <laughs> I wore, I wore a mask. Yeah. Okay. I had this, I had this old brown wooden mask, a full, full face mask that I sawed uh, nose down off of it so that I could sing into the microphone. Okay. Um, and, and so I wore that on stage, and uh, and I, I I think it went fairly well. I'm, I'm not going to do it again. That was um, that was a little bit too much for me. Okay, Did, so one, one performance, one ever. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the only one. How, how do you perform those live? I mean, because again, it's just you, right? And, and I mean, especially with the mask and everything, and trying to maintain that that kind of mystery about it. Um, was it just really stripped down versions of the songs or how did you pull that? Oh off? yeah. Yeah. It was just, uh, I, I, I played with, um, played with a dobro. Okay. And, okay. And yeah, so it was just me and, and a guitar. And so some songs lend themselves better to that than, than others. Right. And I, and did you sort of just pick and choose from throughout the catalog for that? Or did you play songs that, that fit together as a story? Uh, no, I just ra- random random songs that I thought I could sing well. Yeah, uh, and not not make a fool out of myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the the thing that's this is always remind. I mean, I don't know if you if you this comparison makes sense to you, but I, what you're doing really reminds me of Jandek. I don't know if you've seen that documentary oh, yeah. about Jandek, but like I I'm, I love Jandek. Yeah, and like he kind of at one point just suddenly after decades of that mystery, right? Just, it came out in like 2012 or something. Yeah. And he's just playing festivals. Plays and stuff. this concert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I, man, for like 30 plus years, that's, that's what he did. That's, that's dedication right there. Oh I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole, the whole kind of cottage <laughs> industry of people trying to figure out who he was or figuring out what the songs mean or trying to, you know, and like, I, I can, I can see your stuff. If you, if you managed to, to keep it going for that long, Maybe not as high profile, but you have the same the same potential for like, what is this? Who is this? You know, like yeah, it, it could happen. You could get some weird you know uh, filmmakers or something yeah. trying to track you down. <laughs> the Winnipeg Jandek. Yeah, Winnipeg's Jandek. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Which is it's kind of cool because we're in an era now where nobody is that. Like everyone is so, myself included, posting everything on social media and your whole especially if you're a performer or an artist of some kind, I mean, people go out of their way to share as much as humanly possible. And so you're kind of doing this weird old-timey sort of thing where it's, it, it, it is mysterious. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm not really getting anything uh, financially out of this. I imagine most of the other people are trying to probably at least have some sort of uh, uh income based <laughs> yeah yeah probably um, yeah uh, i'm fairly certain what i create will never do that <laughs> right right so, uh so it, it but this the, and the fun part of it is is creating the stuff that that's that's what i i like to do yeah that's that, that's the thing that gives me the, the best feeling I, I performing is 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 great for some people it's it's not it's not my thing, I think. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll 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 keep recording and uh, and making whatever weird music comes out of this. Um, but uh, that's that's all I want to do. Okay. That's, that's that's the goal. Yeah. No, that's that's not a bad goal, though, right? <laughs> no, 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 without like you know, I, I don't want to get it too into the whole like who are you and I don't want to drop any clues or anything. But I mean, are yeah. you are you someone who? has played in bands in Winnipeg before? Like, are there people out there who might hear your music and be like, oh, I know who that is? Or is it... No. No? No. <laughs> There's not going to be some guy you played no. with five years ago or something who's going to... It's going to suddenly click and he'll be, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Or is, that's not that's not a possibility? No, I, I highly doubt. I've never been in any bands okay. before. Okay. <laughs>
I guess like I know you said the, the, the making this stuff is kind of the the goal for you. It's, it's what, what you're why you're doing it. But uh, is part of it just like the challenge about whether you can do this? And I'm thinking, you know, in terms of Paris Green and stuff like when you have something so ambitious, is part of the um, the goal just just seeing if you can pull it off or seeing if you what the logistics are of working it out? Yeah, that well, see, I was I was trying to make <laughs> something. I was trying to make everything uh, the biggest, most complicated album I could try to make. Well, I think you pulled that off. It's pretty complicated. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, making the the Marquis of Melons, then I had to create something even more complicated, and so I made Bohonky Tonk. Right. And then I had to uh, outdo that, and so then I made a, a Manitoban-themed one, uh, about uh, the uh, Ralph Pearson, a the provincial treasurer uh, uh, in the early 20th century from Manitoba, who shot himself in the bathroom um, of um, a deputy, the deputy finance minister's office in the legislature. That's a great story, but that's yeah. super obscure. Like I, I think that even a lot of people who you know think they know about yeah. Manitoba history are not going to necessarily pull that story out of the air, right? Like it's. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, and that—that's that, the thing too. I—I—it's I, I, a great story. It's—it's mm-hmm. a—it's a really interesting, uh, uh, tragic, sad story about what happened to to Ralph Pearson. Um, and I hadn't heard that before, and uh, and I wanted a story about that. And, yeah. And and so then I had to make it. <laughs> Well, and I guess yeah, no one else, no one else is doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So uh, I guess like with the 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 whole choose your own adventure concept, you know, with the with the cards and the, I guess it's not technically a board game because it's not a board, but I mean, there's a lot of elements that you you, you have multi sided die, you have um, yeah. cards, you have you know very detailed instructions, and I played a few rounds of it, and uh, like the game works, which is. Uh, I don't know really? if I could pull that off, I, you know? I had to play it so many times. I bet, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure, I, I made I made people play it incessantly in order to get, to uh, find out all of those, you know, where something could go wrong. I mean, you know, I missed, I missed something or the narrative doesn't make sense. Yeah. Or, and, and so I, I think it, I think it works fairly well. What, what's your favorite uh, uh, storyline? Where do you like to go in Paris Green? Well, the first time I played it, I died within minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched that. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> and I, I did it a few other times. I have, it's been a few months since I played it. I'm going to have to uh, drag it out again and try again because um, I did it about three or four times, and there was still stuff, you know, I, I after I finished playing it, I would, I would skip it, look ahead through the book, and look at some of the cards that I hadn't seen yet. And so there's still been a lot of things that haven't happened for me yet in yeah, the game, yeah. which is really cool because, I mean, you know... It gives it that replayable sort of um, element to it that, that I, I can pull it out, you know, a month from now, two months from now, and try it, and I could have a completely different experience with it, uh, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, going back to sort of why you're releasing things the way you do, that to me seems like it could be an actual game that you could have actually released as, you know, h- however one goes about releasing a board game and, and made it a real 
I mean, it's a real physical thing, obviously, now, but you know what I mean? Like, you could have gone through some kind of formal process and, and made it into an actual product that people might want to play in large numbers. Like, I'm kind of yeah. glad you didn't, because it, again, yeah. adds to the mystery and the whole kind of uh, mystique around what you do. But once you've put that much effort into it, and you obviously have, like, I guess what's the reason for still wanting to do it as a kind of uh, mysterious DIY handmade project versus going the whole official route, I guess. Uh, then I would be stuck on that project for several years. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I would want to go on to something else and I would get, I would get bored of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and stop doing it. So, uh, I might as well not even do that and just create more stories. No, that's, that's, that's a good point, for sure. How many boxes did you make? Like, how many of the games are out there? I think there's about 10. Okay, so there's quite, quite a few, yeah, yeah. And a 10 or 12, I think I've made. And what kind of... I made uh, one for... I made one for the... Uh, uh, Chaz, the former entomologist for the city. Oh, oh cool, yeah, Taz Stewart. <laughs> Stuart, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I dropped it off at Poolin for him. I know, he, I know he got that one. Do you do you know um, him, or just because of the the insect element, you figured he'd be into it? Just because of the uh, I I knew he knew who uh, Norman Criddle was. Okay, yeah, yeah, that I, makes sense. Yeah, I thought he would. I thought he would appreciate that. I sent some to the University of Manitoba Entomology Department. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard uh, anything from that, uh, and then. And then I made a, a bunch. I made one for you. Yeah. Um, couple for I think CKW. Yeah, I know Kent Davies had and, one that uh, he played on air. Yeah. So that's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, that's yeah cool. that was really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. I, I listened to that. It was, it was great. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I guess it makes it even more of a special project too when there's only a few out there and you get kind of a hand. I mean, when I got it uh, on my doorstep, I was pumped. Like this is a. You know, because I get a lot of CDs. <laughs> I get a lot of CDs and tapes and things from bands, right? Like, just over the course of doing the show. But that is the first time I've got something that involved and, and big <laughs> and detailed. And it, it was cool. Like, it makes an impact, right? You see it and you're like, oh, this is... Someone put a lot of... Whoever this is put a lot of work into this thing. So it's... Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're doing it. Whether, you know, whether it ever takes off or anything. And it doesn't sound like you even want it to. But I'm glad you're, you're still kind of uh, putting these projects out in the world. Because it's, it's very cool. I was, you know, I was going to drop it off earlier at your place, but when I drove by, there was someone outside, <laughs> <laughs> so then I couldn't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had to wait till the coast is clear. For sure, and just yeah, drop it off under cover of night or something. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you, uh, like with some of these projects, like, like that one, um, do you make custom versions if people ask you for them, or are the 10 or so that are out there, is that kind of the terminal number? Oh, no, like, uh, uh, more people have asked. After I, I played at the Bulldog, more people um, wanted, a, wanted a kid, and I, I made it for them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that was good. No, it's, it's, it's really, it's really nice that people like it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, ever tried to have some kind of, um, I mean, I'm assuming no, because of, again, the, the mysteriousness nature of it, but have you ever tried, thought about having like a, I don't know, a game night for that game and just get a bunch of people who have it already to get together, whether you're there or not, right? I mean, you can maybe organize it and then just leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set up a camera or something. Yeah. A masked dungeon master. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or something. Because <laughs> it has the the kind of cult appeal, right? Like I can see it being something that that people get really deep into if you play it enough, because of all the different stories and the the level of detail. And you you might be able to well, create some weird cult around it or something. Aside from um, the the actual physical dice that, mm-hmm. that you, you you need to play the game. Um, everything is in the download for on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. So so, all of the all the story, all of the cards, um, um, the, the how to play Paris Green, and the songs. Obviously, <laughs> it's, it's all well, yeah. it's all it's all in there, so you can you can download it and uh, and print it off yourself. Right, so. and then you can get those dice pretty much any game store, I guess, right? Because they're just the, the kind of the standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, people should definitely do that. <laughs> I w- I, as someone who's played the game and listened to the album, I would encourage I w- people to try. I want people to have game nights. Yeah. 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 For sure. So yeah. so once download Paris Green, man, bring your friends over. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tried playing with my kids, but uh, <laughs> I think I need to try it with some adults next time, and it might be more enjoyable. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can play it by yourself too, right? It's this type of game that that works as one player. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you yeah. don't need to have a yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't need friends. No, no, you can be a complete loner and you, you can still play the game <laughs> yeah. and enjoy it. <laughs> um, so, what's next after that? Because I mean, that that seems like an extremely ambitious project. Just putting all that together, all the playtesting, like you mentioned, and and the quantity of songs on that is a lot more than some of the other projects too. Just because there's so many options that you can take while playing the game. So, how do you top that? Like, is there something? Do you have something more ambitious planned, or what's next? Um, not not immediately, but uh, the the one the one that, I, that I'm recording right now, and it's, so I've written the well, the story for it is um, a continuation of Bohonky Tonk, so it's okay. a, an extended version of uh, or an extended narration continuing off where uh, Bohonky Tonk ended. Okay. Um, and uh, and so it follows. It mainly follows um, Jan, um, the, Jan the Polish priest, uh, as he uh, pays his dues for all of the evilness that um, uh, he did in the the first story. Okay. So it's uh, it's really just me describing uh, horrible things that happened to him. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole story. <laughs> it's great. I, I think it's a good story. So I'm making the music for for that right now. Cool. Um, so I, I, I think I should be done that fairly soon. And then after that is is a much more larger project, and I've only just started this. Um, but it's a it's it's going to be a I don't know if it's like a horror story or a like a, a um, 
a horror mystery story. Cool. Some, something like something like that, uh, based around the town of Molson. Okay. Uh, so Molson, Manitoba. Do you know who that is? No, I don't actually. Uh, that, that, I mean, the name okay. sounds familiar, but Molson is probably familiar because it's like a very uh, well-known Canadian <laughs> trademark, right? So yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that that's who uh, that's who uh, um, the town is named after. Is oh, really? Okay. Molson. The beer, beer, beer barons. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so it's a it's a small uh, rail town. I guess it used to be a rail town, not anymore. Um, east of uh, Beaujeu on Highway 44. Okay. So if you go from Beaujeu to Seddon's Corner uh, on what what highway is that? I forget. 307 or something. I don't know. Okay. Uh, you've, you've you've just passed Molson. And so you go south uh, off Highway 44, and it's like a collection of, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, 50 houses, 50, 60 houses down there. And that's the whole community? And, and that, that's, that's the whole community. So it was a rail town. So the, the rail line was put in in like 1908 or something, right. and they put in a post office there, and, uh, and then a town um, sort of built itself up around that, that area. Cool. Um, and uh, and so there's there's a haunted forest um, south of Molson. I haven't been in it yet. I I intend to go to it, but I've heard um, some very spooky stories about uh, people who have been. Oh really? In the forest. I think I need to look yeah. that up. So it, 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 it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. So you know, that seems like a yeah, good setting so for a story too. <laughs> you can't go wrong with a haunted forest at a rail town, right? Oh no! Yeah. So and. And then I, I have to I have to look up the history of the, of the town, of right. course, as one does. And so you go to the uh, um, you go through all the old newspapers, and so this will interest you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going through all going through old newspapers. Um, I know you're a journalist. Yeah, well. that's yeah. Oh, and, and also like archiving old shit that no one else cares about is definitely up my alley as well. So yeah, yeah, I can see the appeal. There's, there's a whole bunch of really weird deaths that have gone on just right in that that small little area. Oh, really? The so you, so you had some of the first. Um, apparently, uh, this area was like a hot spot for illegal uh, stills. Okay. So it was like a, a gin or a whiskey uh, um, area, and and you you had all these houses that you know try came over from. Germany, uh, Australia, I think there was quite a big Italian population there at one time, who tried to farm the land and found that the area is actually pretty swampy. Okay. And, and so what they would do is supplement their income with uh, illegal stills. And then because they're, a rail, they're near a rail town, they'd use the rail line to transfer uh, all of the alcohol into uh, the city of Winnipeg. That makes perfect sense, yeah. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> as soon as we're done on the phone here, I'm going to look up that town because that sounds pretty cool. And so there's one, uh, and, and so of course the RCMP um, um, tries to stop this. Of course, and, as uh, they do, yeah. yeah. So there's this one guy named William Eppinger that uh, got caught. He was, he was like a stakeout. So these two RCMP officers were walking through the... Uh, Bush trying to, uh, um, I guess, um, catch him in the act. They would just look around for any houses that had lights on at night. That was okay. pretty, much, pretty much what they did. And if a house did have a light on, they would go check it out. And 
sure enough, at this place, uh, this guy had a illegal still, and the guy shot the uh, one of the officers, and he died. Oh, really? Wow. And uh, it there's a, there's a plaque for this this officer. His name was Sergeant Richard Nicholson, uh, in Lactabani. Okay. Huh. And uh, there's another story about this guy named Thomas Ricosi. I'm just looking at my notes right now. No, that's cool. I don't have all this memory. <laughs> how did you even find out about this? Like, just just in general, how did you even stumble across this this story? Uh, through through the Millennium uh, Library newspaper archives. Oh, nice. Okay, so you did you know anything about it at first, or you just sort of were looking and it, you came across it? Well, I was just looking to see the the history of the town because I heard all those ghost stories. Right, so right. I wanted to wanted to know more, and then all of these these deaths started popping up. And I'm like, oh, okay, I I think I got something here. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> There's the Dougal train crash. I mean, that, I guess not right at Molson, but uh, the Manaki special coming back in 1945, and like 23 people died. 31 people were killed. Oh, wow. In uh, in, in the train, they, these were wooden train cars, and they would still allow them to hang uh, uh, candles as lights inside. So you get a fire and, whenever there's uh, a crash, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how everyone died was in the fire. Well, you know, this guy named Thomas Ricosi, he was a, a farm helper at one of the, the farms somewhere between uh, Molson and uh, Alma, not to the east. And he worked for this uh, uh, the Sitar family, and he took an axe uh, to all seven members of the of the family. Wow! Uh, because 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 of ghosts, ghosts told him to do it. He was having conversations with the devil, and so uh, he killed the, uh, uh, all seven members. He was found walking down the railway tracks in the middle of winter. His feet were frostbitten. Um, and I think he was surviving off of snow anyway. Wow. He walked into a, a lumber camp, and they recognized his his description in the paper, in uh, photographs, but the people working at the um, forestry opera- operation near there uh, turned him in. These stories are crazy, but I, mean, I can't believe they're not, like, common knowledge here because, you know, it's we have a fairly short history, uh, a recorded history in Manitoba, like to begin with, yeah, right? it's yeah. surprising that this stuff isn't kind of you know bold face news. You know what I mean? Like I was at the time, obviously, but yeah, it's cool. It's uh, I'm glad someone's looking into this stuff because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so someone's looking into it obsessively. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That, that's the, that's the way you have to look into that stuff is obsessively. Um, so just to, to to kind of get off that for a minute, when you have something new that's ready to come out, I mean, because of the the anonymity and and sort of not being able to market this, I guess, in the traditional way that a local musician would, would normally do it because no one knows who you are. How do you get the word out about yeah. these projects? Uh, you know, at first it was, uh, I would get people to hand my CDs to other people at concerts. Okay. That's what I did. <laughs> so I get my friends to go give uh, my CDs to people. And, uh, and that, that, that's actually why I'm named the famous Sandhogs too. Okay. Um, that it, it's I at, at, when I was doing this uh, first, I would change the name always. <laughs> it would always be a different band name. 
there's some, there's some, maybe there's still CDs out there with, with other names. Um, but what, then, what were some of the other uh, names? Um, uh, oh man, I can't even remember now. The Stolopin Neckties. Um, Metallica. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, oh man, I forget the rest. There were there were a lot. The epigeneticist. Okay. Um, uh, so these might still be out there. Some of these CDs, someone might still they, have them in a box somewhere in the basement, and they, they they could. Yeah, most likely they were thrown out. They weren't very good. Right. Um. But then, uh, but then, uh, someone wrote about it in, I think, the Uniter. Okay. And the the band that they published was the famous Sandhogs. So then I, so then I was stuck with that name. I, I thought, oh, now I have to now I have to keep this. Right, right. Because there's some some there's really no thought in. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a random name. Is that still the method though? The handing CDs to people, or how do you kind of uh, get the word? Oh yeah, out? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I leave I leave CDs all over the place. So it, and that, that works better with the, the smaller albums where you don't need a USB to contain <laughs> yeah. all the hun, hundred songs on on an album. You don't need dice um, or cards or a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's much more portable. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. No, I I still do that. Cool. Uh, I I hide CDs at the Millennium Library. Uh, the chat chapters. Nice. <laughs> McNally Robinson, I think there's a couple there, or there, at least there were. They probably threw them out. It's a very literary um, uh, places you're leaving them at the libraries, yeah, stores, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or 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 the other main area where I would leave them is washrooms. Okay, so straight right on the stall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, definitely a, a unique way to do it for sure. I mean, someone will pick it up, <laughs> whether they take it home and listen to it or not. At least they're gonna look at it, right? Yeah. If they're brave enough to pick up something in a washroom, yeah, yeah. you probably got them at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's all it's all online as well, right? Most of it is on Bandcamp, I would guess at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's online. I, I, I really like Bandcamp as yeah. a, as a, a media source. So, so yeah, I, I just put up everything there. Okay. And uh, and you can download it for free. And is that sort of where you would point most people to if they want to check out some of your stuff? Like without you know, if someone's oh, hearing yeah. about you for the first time on the show, and and they say, "Oh, I want to look into this," like Bandcamp is probably the best spot, I guess. Eh? Oh yeah, definitely. It has it has everything I've I've done. Okay. Download them all. Is there a starting point? Do you think like what's the kind of ideal way for someone to because again, it's your your stuff has a lot of depth and a lot of detail, and a lot of it is very lengthy in terms of you know there, there's a hundred songs or whatever. Like, what's the best way for someone to kind of get into the whole weird? The Sandhogs universe. Uh, just yeah, dive right in. Do the hardest one. Do do Paris Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yeah. Do Paris Green. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> just jump right into it. <laughs> the, I, I Theos Mammon was a really good one. I, I like that one. Yeah. I'm still fairly proud of that one. That's a that's a seven album uh, uh, epic on the the rise and fall of a greedy. Uh, uh, planet of slugs but that's dense though like the story is 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 dense like i mean it's, it's not an easy read just to pick up off the street no, no. I, mean, it's, <laughs> I think i had some pretty good songs off of that yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay well cool I'm not gonna, I'm gonna... all of them are gonna be good 
No, when you have that many, you can't. Your track record can't be one hundred percent, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, like, I really. I would, pre- I would rather create more. I would rather create a hundred bad songs than one good one than than just one good one. Right. Right. Well, especially when you're telling a story too, because you need to have all of those elements of the story in there. You can't just yeah, yeah. put out. Oh, here's my hit single, right? You're not a single kind of singles kind of. Oh artist, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So um. And then within any narrative, there's there's uh, uh, peaks of uh, of action, and then um, and then uh, and then not much happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for I sure. Think so. <laughs> Um, I well, I, I'm really glad you're doing this. I, I hope that the anonymity you can keep that because I think it, it definitely adds to the uh, kind of weirdness <laughs> of the projects, and, and uh, I think it 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 helps it, it helps make them sort of uh, desirable, I guess, if that makes sense. Because everyone I've talked to about this is really like, oh, really? This no, you don't know who this guy is, like, and I think I think that mystery kind of uh, makes people more willing to sit and listen to what the story is, and then and then from there they they appreciate the story and appreciate the songs and how those are kind of derived from the story. So I think you're doing it right, whatever it is oh, you're good. doing. <laughs> I don't know if everyone would agree if, with me on that, but I, I like, I like, I like the way you're going about it. If the focus is on the, the, the story uh, on the songs, then, then I'm doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't care about the author. No, Ignore no, him. no, no. The author is, yeah, the author is irrelevant. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the songs and the stories. So it, Bandcamp again is the best place to find your stuff. Um, are you interacting with anyone on social media? What's the best way if someone wants to send you a message and say, hey, I'd like to hear this, or I really dug this, or, you know, what's your best mode uh, of contact, I guess? I have an Instagram, and I have Twitter as well. Okay. Um, at Famous Sandhog, I think, for both of them. Yeah. And you're fairly active right? on both of those, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a lot yeah, of your yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm glad to finally, I mean, not put a face to the, na- the name, or not even have the name, but put a voice to the <laughs> stage name and, and learn a bit more about it. Um, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, you should go to witchpolice.com. All 400 and whatever episodes are there for free downloads and streaming. And this show also airs on Sunday nights at midnight on 101.5 UMFM. And those are older episodes that get a bit of a boost a few months after they come out in podcast form. So, you know, it's end of summer now. It might not come out until the winter or something but if someone is at the ideal radio listening time of midnight on a Sunday and they happen to turn on 101.5 they might hear this conversation and then, then you can go right out and and download Paris Green and print out all the cards and, and play it that night so yeah <laughs> it's kind of yeah, an yeah, e- extra bonus it. right yeah yeah so yeah please everyone who's listening to this go check that out right now uh, it's I have a video on my Witch Please Facebook page of an attempted trial run the first time I tried playing the game and I think that shows pretty well you know what the mechanics are of it and everything so if anyone wants to check that out and just to see what we're talking about here i would encourage that as well but yeah that's 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 what i got for you um again keep keep up doing the uh keep doing the sandhogs thing uh, i'll keep listening yeah well well thanks sam uh, i really appreciate this yeah no I, i'm glad to again glad, glad to talk to you and, and find out a bit more because uh I've been very interested in this project pretty much since I first heard about it. So yeah, it's it's cool to uh, <laughs> to, to get get in touch here. So yeah, thanks again. Oh, that's good to hear. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah.
Thank <laughs> you.